Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Frederick Bell, CEO of Elemental Royalties. And we are a precious metals royalty company. And our unique selling point is 80% of our NAV is on producing cash flowing assets. Fred, good to see you. See you back in July. Um, been an interesting time in the royalty markets. A lot of companies have kind of come off uh, their, their highs of the year by, uh, quite significantly. However, seeing your color window announcement, steady state production, that's got to be good news for you and your shareholders. Yes, this was the, um, for, those, for those that don't know, this was the centerpiece of our acquisition um, from, uh, of a portfolio of three Australian royalties from South 32. And, and South 32 is, is the um, spin out from BHP Billiton, the world's largest mining company, and, and they've held some of these assets for, for a long time internally. And um, with the acquisition, they became our largest 19% shareholder um, and, and have a director on the board. And um, the Carla Winder royalty, it is a really high quality premium project, premium management team in Australia. And the, they had first gold pour on the 30th of June. And to have steady state production by the end of the quarter, um, by the end of September, is um, in the words of one of the Australian brokers, it's, it's one of the um, smoothest ramp ups that they've seen in, in the Australian mining sector in a number of years. And that's really important for us, major de-risking event, because this royalty, um, it will be adding four to four and a half million US dollars gross revenue a year. And it's starting with a 10 year reserve life. So um, really material um, event for, for Elemental. Okay, well, let's do the building blocks for people who perhaps need this story. How, what was what's your steady state revenue yourself prior to this? So we had um, we had about uh, announced 5.1 million US revenue in 2020, and 2021 guidance was um, seven to uh, roughly 7.9 million US revenue, um, and that is with Carlo Winder starting to come on. So with a full year of Carlo Winder next year, um, it's 10 million US plus run rate. And I think that's that's really key point. Uh, look at us today. We are uh, enterprise value, so um, 92 US million market cap company um, with 10 million from next year US of revenue going forwards with some not you know not short minor assets with some really high quality long life assets and major operators. So the valuation um, with Carla Winder in steady state production, um, I think, is is an absolute standout in the royalty space. What else does that allow you to do? Because we 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 have talked in the past about the Sprott credit facility and re, chance of refinancing and that. How long does do you need this revenue to be coming in before you could consider refinancing that out? And it's a very good question. Um, so we we have uh, approximately twenty five million uh, in in debt with Sprott lending, and we have about seven million in cash at the moment. Is our balance um, cash flow positive? And um, the, one of the key um, angles with the South 32 acquisition was the ability for us to then refinance that credit facility um, at, a, at a much lower cost of capital. And so the trigger for that has always been Carlo Winder steady state production. Um, that is what uh, the bigger banks need to see. And I think um, it unlocks now the ability for us to, to progress those uh, financing uh, discussions on, on the credit facility, which is a... Um, again, it's a it's a major catalyst for us on that front because it it um you know if we can get a credit facility at a call it five percent cost of capital, um, that is pretty unique for a hundred million market cap royalty company. Okay, so 
you got the color window on board. It's it's a significant one for for you. Again, just in terms of priority order, what are the what are the big items that we should be looking for? Because again, I, my my concern is what I've seen is in in the past eighteen months, twenty four months, I've seen a lot of really poor buying, poor assets, expensive assets because they wanted to win the auction, and the cost of the money that uh, for the for the royalty companies has also been a big problem. It certainly will become a problem for them in no short order. So. For you, how are you overcoming those problems, and you know where's the revenue coming from to allow you to overcome those problems? We'll always think that track record is the best way to answer that question. And our quality royalty, um, we are we are more than fully repaid on. Uh, we are fully repaid on that after two and a half years, roughly. Our Am and Kaya royalty um, this quarter we will be fully repaid on um, from acquisition. And um, our Equinox royalty, which is, is coming in, starts paying us from July next year with um, on Mercedes, that royalty will have a one-year payback. So those are some really good examples. Um, when you look back at a retrospective IRR and return, these have been fantastic acquisitions. And I think you, you see that with quality assets in the royalty space. They add to the mine life and they add to the valuation and the returns as you go. And we are seeing that demonstrated in in uh, cross our portfolio. So what's Amin Kaya bringing in for you, potentially? Amin Kaya was about 2 million, uh, 2 million a year. Um, so that was about last year. Right, um, okay. And, and then um, Wang Yon was about 2.5 million a year um, uh, last year. You're taking it as an example, Carla Winder is forecast to be 4 to 4.5 million US gross revenue. Um, and then we have some smaller royalties in the portfolio. And um, the, um, the one that's kicking in in less than a year, July next year, is the royalty on Equinox's producing Mercedes mine. And that just starts to pay us from a date hurdle um, of July next year. So then we have that layering on top. Right. And so just, just give us the, just one again, just like really simple um, stuff here. Uh, you've told us about this year, what guidance for 22, 23, 24? So we, um, we're pretty conservative in that we don't, um, we don't uh, really um, try and forecast guidance before our operators do. But on their basis of their mine plans um, and, and what they have publicly said in the past, uh, it's, it's roughly speaking a 10 million US run rate go forwards in terms of revenue. Um, and, and again, for context, 5.1 million last year will be 7 million plus this year, getting up to 10 million plus next year on the basis of what we already own um, and what we have in the portfolio. And that is as a 92 million US um, enterprise value company. Okay, and what are you seeing out in the market at the moment? Because again, when when the kind of the, when the kind of tide goes out, and I think it kind of has for royalties, where you know across the board, there's a few players kind of left a little bit high high and dry in in, in places. M and A activity happens. We've seen we've seen some new entrants last year and this year. We've seen some big players walk in and, and with a with a big kind of marketing fanfare, trumpets and everything, um, looking to roll up a bunch of companies. We're aware of some conversations out there. Are, are you aware of those sorts of conversations? Are you being approached? Do you want to defend your position because you believe in what you've got here, or are you thinking of M and A? Well, I think. Take it back to the, the origins of Elemental. Our, our first objective, our primary objective, was cash flow and to get to a platform where we had material diversified cash flow. And with Carla Winder, we are ticking that box of 10 million a year US gross revenue diversified across operator jurisdiction, 90% plus weighted towards gold. 
And there isn't another royalty company out there like us, certainly not anywhere close to our valuation in the space. I mean, we have 80% of our NAV on producing royalties. And for those that know the royalty space, it's a holy grail. Um, you know, it, it is materially easy to go out there. Um, and it's always the opportunity to go out and buy longer dated exploration assets that, that might, you know, come in in five and 10 years. It's really hard to get some producing ones. And so for us, our first objective is always, let's do the hardest part. Let's get some high quality producing royalties from day one that gives us a cash flow, that gives us access to credit facilities with the big banks. And then that gives us a platform to build out the pipeline. And so for us, this is how we've been listed a bit over a year now. This is the, the, the sort of start we see of the opportunity to, to really build out Elemental. And so um, I think just came back uh, very recently from Vancouver, which is our first trip to North America as a public company. And I think that um, one of the things that um, we really want to do, I think, is, is, is have the opportunity to build on all the hard work that has gone to putting Elemental in the unique position it is today, um, where our portfolio is, is really high quality producing um, royalties. But you've set okay. You, you set the tone early. Go, go buy some good, good assets. Um, but when you're looking around the marketplace and you see how the people have kind of hyped up their price, you're a 90 million market cap, not not too bad. And you kind of moved sideways since we last spoke to you in terms of share price. Don't you think it'd be smart to employ some of the techniques that others have for some quick wins to get noticed, to get those headlines, and maybe get a few more investors, you know, on the register? I I think that. Um for us, it's always been um, quality over quantity. And, and a great example recently is the announcement a, a week ago by um, Endeavor. And they are a top 10 gold miner globally. And we have a royalty over the Wang Yon mine. And they have announced that to the end of 2025, they have a one and a half to two million ounce target for measured and indicated resources that they will discover there over that period. And they've got a really good track record as one of the major miners of actually hitting what they say. Now, to put that in perspective, that one and a half to two million ounces, um, if it's mined, that, that is worth an additional 15 to 30 million US to us. And we don't pay a single dollar for that. And that mine to the end of 2025 will be producing roughly 750,000 ounces. So they are saying that at the end of 2025, they expect that mine to have a bigger resource than it has today, having paid us roughly two and a half million a year currently every year. Now that is the real value in a cash flowing high quality royalty. And, and that for us is ultimately what, what will out in terms of value um, and in terms of returns to shareholders. And, and you know, sometimes uh, one good quality royalty can be worth 10 or 20 exploration, really early stage royalties. And it actually gives us the ability to recycle some of that cash. And then we can selectively start to add in some earlier stage projects where they make sense, but we can do it using our own cash flow. And if we can use royalty revenue from 100,000 ounces to buy a royalty um, covering a million ounces, yes, that might then take five years to come in. But actually, um, if we're not diluting shareholders in the process and that mine is more than replacing its reserves, it will be a very good investment. But the way you do that is you do the hardest part first. You get those high quality cash flowing royalties and not many people have been able to achieve it. Um, and I think um, for us, um, this quarter will be our best quarter. Um, next quarter will be our best quarter after that in terms of financial results. So I think it will start to come through 
um, in our financials as well. So do you, th- do you think the companies that follow your methodology, your, your beliefs are more likely to succeed in, in the long term? Because we, we, we talk about, you know, insiders have a view. You talk about, oh, that's the holy grail as far as the industry. That's the holy grail. Tell that to a bunch of retail guys like, I don't know what you're talking about. That all assets are valued the same way. The brokers tell us that's the case, so it must be true. Um, so we like these companies over here because they've got way more assets than you. That's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does sometimes seem that way. Um, but I think you know, fundamentally there is a there's a reason we have um, a pretty strong institutional shareholding base, um, and our, our top three shareholders own over forty percent of the company. Um, and uh, management owned 16%. And I think over the last two months, we've probably spent $150,000 plus in the market buying more shares. So, so we, we really believe it ourselves, um, participated in, in all the last fundraisings we have done, um, as well as buying on the market. And the reason is because we look at these high quality producing assets and we can see the runway for them to be around in 10, 20 years, still paying us. And we never have to invest another dollar in those. And that is a huge difference. We know the, we know the mining space has 2,000 juniors, 2,000 developers. And we know that only a small number of those are going to make it into producing mines. And unfortunately, we also know that timelines are getting longer. It is taking longer now, as a fact, to build, develop, permit a mine than it was in the past. The hurdles are not getting lower, they're getting higher. Um, cost inflation is starting to creep back into the mining industry in a way that it did in, in the mid 2000s. And as a royalty company, you're, you're insulated from that because you're typically getting greater revenue. So for us, we're looking at the risk profile and a lot of these exploration development projects and going, these, these assets could be around in five years time and you're still waiting. You haven't seen a dollar for it. And in a, in a good market, in a buoyant market, maybe you get some value on the upside there. People look for leverage and they look for upside. But sometimes when the waters recede, it's a glass half full and people look to you and go, hey, are you cash flow positive? What happens if something goes wrong? And we have always built Elemental um, as owners, um, as major shareholders, um, persistently, patiently, in a disciplined way on the basis that if the waters recede and the market is bad, we are cash flow positive and we are masters of our own destiny in, in the way that most other junior royalty companies and certainly most explorers developers are not so you're saying investing in royalty companies is an anti-inflationary measure in a way right because you're not exposed to inflation pressures that they that the miners are but as a as an investor um how can i best protect myself how what would you be looking for if you're investing in another royalty company what what precisely and concisely are the measures which by you judge other royalty companies? Well, number one, and I've learned this my, myself as an investor, um, number one fear is dilution. It, am I going to get diluted at some point in a disastrous financing um, when the market goes wrong and, and everyone's caught? And so to answer that, uh, the way we've always done it is, is cash flow. Are we cash flow positive? And if we are, then whenever we're looking to do a financing, it's not a necessity. It's, it's an option. It is, it is a decision we can make in the best interest of shareholders. Um, and that is the number one key um, for any investor in the space, I think. Um, and, and number two, then, is what is 
you know, put your put the assets of a royalty company into two buckets, put them into the producing bucket. Okay, this is de-risk actual real revenue that we can value today and we know what it is. And then put all the other assets, development, exploration in another bucket and say, okay, what is the risk profile here? And it's materially higher. We know that mining space investors, we know it's the high risk. And, and actually when you do that, um, you can, you can, I think, get a, get a different view on the valuation from a risk perspective, because I think if, if you can get producing royalties in a junior like us, um, that you typically only get in mid tiers and above at the scale we're at, um, I think that's a major de-risking event. And we have shown consistently, we started this company, it was a startup 2017, um, £20,000 idea. And um, we've taken it through to today, raising money at a higher share price every single time from 27 cents, roughly Canadian, to, to sort of 150, which was the last fundraise we did. And uh, at the same time, we've taken our revenue from $400,000 a year, every year, increasing it up until um, next year, which should be sort of 10 million plus. So again, um, that, is, that is what I'd look for um, in, in a royalty company is, are these are they, are they smart going out doing clever deals you know that actually add value to shareholders um do they have cash flow to protect me on the downside and then you know this is a hundred million market cap company i want to see what the upside is and i think our upside has been really well demonstrated just in the past few weeks um wang yon talking about um adding another one and a half to two million ounces Amankaya came out last week and said that Austral Gold's Amankaya, they said that they'll have a resource and reserve update in Q1 next year. Um, again, we're not paying anything for this. Um, and then at Carla Winder, um, I think having hit steady state production after three months is a, it's a, it's a really, really impressive achievement on any way, in any sort of standard. And I think what's most encouraging for maybe investors who don't know the track record of the team there at Capricorn, um, they have built two multi-billion dollar gold mining companies. And the last one, Regis Resources in Australia, which they left to come into Capricorn and build up Carla Winder. Um, they built three mines there in five years. And all three of those mines ended up 30 to 50% bigger than what they started with. So these are in Wang Yon and Carla Winder, long life assets that have years and years and years of exploration ahead of them, years of adding value to them. And we never have to invest in that again. We get all the optionality and upside exposure. And that is absolutely fantastic when you can get it. It's the reason that investment banks like Scotia would say that in a diversified portfolio, you typically put two times NAV on producing royalties. You put maybe one times NAV on development royalties, and then you discount accordingly at expiration for the stage. So for us to have a portfolio of 80% producing royalties, trading at maybe 1.1 times NAV, trading at um, less than 10 times revenue for next year, um, it's an anomaly on any metric if you look across the royalty space. And to do that in a company where I think we've got the track record of demonstrating um, value add growth. And um, I think as time goes by, um, being able to demonstrate more and more the value in some of our royalties um, that, have, that we've already acquired, I think that's, um, that's a really potent combination. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.